So for the final time, hello Spectrumites and other people, welcome to the Pancake King, Life and Marriage on the Spectrum, and this is the season finale. I thought, uh, what better way to cap off the season than to do it with my folks. They're very mo moody home, where all the lights are out. Moody home? Um, yeah, it's very moody. It's you guys are like my in-laws, where all the lights are out, and everything just feels sad and depressing and <laughs> devoid no, of color. Cozy. There's windows. It's cozy. We have lots of natural light. Coming. It's just that it's cold and gray outside. Yeah. Yes. Actually, there have been even worse days this week. It's like snow. It's like a light switch. You yeah. know, it's like snow has been going like off and on. If you guys hear a dryer in the background, <laughs> that's not my fault. Um, and it's very typical uh, for that to happen in this home. And then it goes out. <laughs> it's very typical for the. No, it's very typical for noises, for us. noises, for no <laughs> random noises when we're just trying to record stuff and have fun. Uh, so anyway, uh, this whole season has basically been about kind of fleshing out uh, my life growing up as one on the autism spectrum. Um, uh, what it was like to get diagnosed and some of the challenges I ran into, and of course uh, the fact that I'm married to someone else on the spectrum. So there's a lot of stories to tell with that. Um, and I will continue to do that in the second season. And one of the things that I want to do differently in the second season is delve a lot more deeply into um, people's struggles or Spectrumites' struggles with communication. How can uh, Spectrumites communicate with uh, you neurotypicals and how can neurotypicals in turn communicate better with um, uh, people on the spectrum? I was actually having a conversation with my wife last night and we were having a really, really hard time communicating with each other because it's like speaking a different language. And then by the end of the conversation, my wife was like, oh, my brain caught up. I get it now. So yeah, I'm with my parents, mom and dad. My dad, Lee, has written a couple of fantasy novels. You can find them on Amazon, Son of the Age, Man from the North, Daughter of Two Worlds, which actually happens to be, uh, the main character actually happens to be someone on the autism spectrum, or as that particular world puts it, uh, the gray mind. The gray mind. Yeah. <laughs> so there is some exploration of the autism spectrum throughout those books. Uh, that particular character is in every single one of them. Mm -hmm. um, and it's kind of a combination of different traits um, that I had growing up and then my middle brother. So mm -hmm. um, that's been fun. Still she plays a big part in the fourth book, too. Okay. She plays yeah. a really big part in the fourth book. Yeah, right. So I thought, what better way to cap off the season than to ask you guys what it was like to raise me? So I did an episode earlier this season. <laughs> I want to keep this short. I don't know how short I'll be able to keep it because um, there is quite a bit to unpack. But since I started out with the whole communication angle, uh, did you did it feel like you were speaking to someone with a different language or I was speaking to you guys in a language that you were struggling to understand? <laughs> yes. Yes. Great episode, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for having us on. Yes, thanks yeah. for coming on. Sometimes. Uh -huh. I used to say about you and your brother that it was like I spoke Spanish and you guys spoke French. And I didn't understand what you were saying and you didn't understand what we were saying. And so, yeah, communication was, um, that was a, a major challenge for raising Spectrumites and <laughs> other people. Well, the other people is you. So well, we're talking about your youngest you brother. He's case. the other yeah. person. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Um, so 
Um, my mom homeschooled me. That's kind of a big factor. And actually, I want to delve into that more in future seasons. I feel like that deserves more attention. And I didn't give that enough attention uh, this season um, because trying to juggle uh, the personal stuff that um, I dealt with growing up and then, you know, marriage on the spectrum, I try to balance the two subjects out. Um, so you were my teacher and dad was essentially the principal. So... <laughs> Um, how did, uh, what was it like, I guess, if you can put it nicely anyway, if it's possible, mm -hmm. <laughs> now, um, but what was it like, I guess, you know, being a, a teacher homeschooling to all, at least to autistic people, you know, I, and then of course, how does that compare to a neurotypical kid? Well, I mean, all three of you were different in how you learned and how you, um, best learned. and. What unfortunately or fortunately for you, I I don't know. Um, when we first started homeschooling you, I I didn't have a whole lot of resources in in terms of uh, different types of schooling to do. Mm -hmm. So you know we got we went the workbook route and and discovered very quickly that that was not going to work for you. You hated them. <laughs> and mm -hmm. so back in the Abeka days. Yeah. There was only one curriculum available pretty much yeah. way back in the day and that was Abeka. It was Yeah. It was like doing traditional school but at home. And you thankfully at some point and I don't remember I believe it was in your elementary years that I learned like about the different ways that people learn like there's visual and auditory and those types of things and so mm -hmm. um you were much more of an auditory learner and so i had to incorporate that into your learning and so that made things a little easier the hard part was for the things that because we didn't know what you were going to want to do in the future mm -hmm. and i wanted you to have lots of options open so I was trying to make sure you got the classes you needed if you wanted to go off to college or whatever mm -hmm. you wanted to do and as I'm sure you remember you didn't always understand why do I need to learn this I'm not going to use it in mm -hmm. my life and so mm -hmm. it was very like logical to you I shouldn't have to learn this if it's not something I'm going to use every day well do you remember when you wanted me to like log base almost every activity I ever did every day and I just, yes. I refused to do that because I was, it was supposed to keep track of like all the hours in which I did this stuff that would go towards my college credit. And, um, I hated doing that because just, I thought it was dumb. Yeah. <laughs> like just to put it simply, I thought you didn't was, see a point. So you didn't no. want to do it. You did eventually give up. We didn't even talk about it. It's just one day you stopped asking me about it. I realized it wasn't worth the fight. Some things are just not <laughs> worth the fight. Like, and honestly, in um, later years schooling you, I just decided my relationship with you was more important than you getting doing these particular classes. Well, like, what were things that you decided weren't worth it, and what were some things that you knew that you had to put your foot down on? I mean, I knew you had to do a certain amount of each subject in order to comply with Illinois law and all these things. Mm -hmm. But, like, I really wanted you to pass algebra so that you could take, you know, you could test out of it for college. Like mm -hmm. when you went to Blackhawk, you know, like take the compass mm -hmm. test, test out, and then you wouldn't have to pay for it. 
because when when you pay for it, then you don't get college credit for it. You just mm-hmm. have to take it. And so I really wanted that for you, and that was not going to happen. So I just oh. gave up on that. Mm-hmm. Like, and it wasn't because you couldn't do the work. It was just you didn't want to. <laughs> Right. We couldn't. We couldn't find a way to make it Star Wars related. <laughs> do you remember the Star Wars math books? I do. Now that I you do. mention them, I do them, too. Yeah. I remember the Star Wars math books when I was a kid. You gave me those. It's like it's got it's got Star Wars on it. He'll do it now. I think yes, that was the hope. <laughs> Hopefully, did I you tried do it? Everything. Did he do it? I don't remember. I think he did some, but like, you know, you also struggled with. On the ADHD side, so to to concentrate for any amount of time, mm-hmm. you know. And I honestly think that's why, like, with the, the whole testing thing at Blackhawk and, or, you know, at college, and it was a struggle for you. And, I mean, because you could, I really honestly believe you could do the math. I saw mm-hmm. you do it. It's just the pressure of the time. Mm-hmm. Because having to think about that one thing for that long mm-hmm. that you didn't like to think about. Right. If you like to think about it, you think about it for, for a long time. What we wanted to do was do right by you in terms of making sure you got the education you needed mm-hmm. to put you up for the best possible future. And also work within the parameters of what you were able to do and keep our relationship healthy with you. I never like to justify on this show or in real life that lack of motivation, you know, like for on the part of autistic people, their lack of motivation or doing, you know, irresponsible things, doing the wrong thing. You know, I never like to justify autism, you know, for that. Thus, they're innocent always in this case. Um, like, how did you figure out the line between, um, the fact that, okay, in this case, this is definitely autism related and it's not really his fault. And then, no, he's just being a jerk in this case. And that's, that was a constant (laughs) struggle. Like probably at least once a week, we would have a conversation going, is this the autism or is he just being lazy? Mm-hmm. Is this the autism or is he just being difficult or whatever? And so, um, yeah, I mean, sometimes we still ask that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Well, no, I don't um, think you're kidding. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> I, think, I think part of it, I mean, it was a lot of trial and error, but I think part of it was if we had seen you be able to accomplish this thing mm-hmm. in the past or something similar and you just weren't, Mm-hmm. We could kind of guess that you were just not doing it. Mm-hmm. If if we had seen you try and genuinely, you know, a lot of times I could tell that you were genuinely trying. You were genuinely putting effort into it, and it just wasn't happening. Mm-hmm. And so we could, and I learned to gauge that. Mm-hmm. It wasn't always easy, mm-hmm. but and I'm sure I got it wrong plenty of times. So gotcha, gotcha. Um. Like, what were some, how did you learn to, I guess, develop a relationship with me? And that it's like, you know, you can still have a good relationship with me, good standing, and you can, we can still have like, you know, fun instead of, I'm just always constantly doing my own thing in my room, which did happen a lot. You know, I was in my room a lot, despite being a very social person. As you got older. Yeah, mm-hmm. when you were younger, not so much. No, mm-hmm. you wanted to be with us all the time when you were younger. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I think I think 
just as it is with any kid, any teen, and you can say what you think, but I, I think it was joining you in your interest. Mm-hmm. So trying to see what would Forrest like to do that I might like to do with him that we can connect on this level. It's ironic because that's exactly the same question I have to ask myself with uh, with my wife, with KG. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to ask myself that question maybe almost every week. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of karma. A lot of karma when <laughs> KG showed up and a lot of the same stuff that I had to deal with. Um, I will never learn, forget. So. Uh, one, <laughs> one day, I think it was you had gone with me to uh speak at a youth group pretty sure that was the occasion and Mm -hmm. there were two guys there that were (laughs) really into star wars Mm -hmm. and afterwards we went and had like pizza and you kind of sat with those two guys the star wars brothers and they uh i kind of excluded myself from the conversation a little bit i was Mm -hmm. talking to other people at the table but you were down there at the end of the table with these two guys who uh, talked about Star Wars with you all night long. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, we went to leave, and we got in the car, and you said something like, it was, I was sick of talking about Star Wars. <laughs> and I just remember going, no, you know. No, you know how it feels. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so yes, uh, what did you call it? Karma, whatever. It kind of came back around and said, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, we'll talk about these things ad nauseum. When you're doing the talking, you seem to do just fine, but, you know, Yeah, like, because I'm the one talking. Yes. It <laughs> goes as long as I want it to. Exactly. And talk about it extensively as I want to. you listen to somebody else go on about it, ah, it's a little difficult. So What's actually kind of funny good. is one of my pet peeves is when people p- pretend to, like, it's very obvious that they pretend to care as much mm-hmm. about, you know, about a passion of mine as uh, um, as I do. And I always see through that and I hate it. So it's well, like, what if, are the tip if people are what re- makes it so obvious to you <laughs> when when um, when people are very surface level about it, it's like I want I like to talk deep about this stuff. If people are surface level about it and they also d- have no clue what they're even talking about in the first place. Like that makes me mad. Like when someone, um, <laughs> like when someone at work will like go up to me and go, "So, did the next Guardians of the Galaxy movie come out yet?" And I'm like, "You can look it up." <laughs> like, well, at least they're trying. Just, yeah, they're I know, kind of but they're trying to, it's a pet peeve of mine. They are trying to connect with me because they know what I like. But I'm like, "Look it up." Okay. You 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 know you know now how to figure this out. Yeah, just go. Let me Google that for you. Yes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, um, how did you guys feel like kind of when KG came into the picture? Because I remember I still distinctly remember when you guys mentioned her like in passing and said, you guys would never get anything done. <laughs> like, um, you're like, I don't know if uh, that would ever work. You know, it was just kind of as a joke. It was kind of a joking manner. But... Grateful. Yeah. Very grateful for her and your life. Yeah among many other things um the main reasons why i'm so grateful for her is number one she is just you could tell by the way that she looks at you Mm -hmm. and the way she treats you that she loves you so much Mm -hmm. and that's all a mom and you know that's all a mom ever wants for her son is like 
I want a woman that's going to love him mm-hmm. for who he is. Mm-hmm. And she loves you for who you are. And I love mm-hmm. that because mm-hmm. that, that allows you freedom and gives you room to be who you are and who mm-hmm. God made you to be. And I love that about her. And I also love that she challenges you. Like mm-hmm. you guys, you guys um, balance each other out. Mm-hmm. So in the areas where you might, struggle or maybe you wouldn't be as disciplined she she helps you stay Mm -hmm. on the track holds you accountable and vice versa you've helped her to grow in areas as well and so Mm -hmm. you so the fact that you're a couple that grows because of the other person Mm -hmm. is huge Mm -hmm. you share you share a faith and um yeah she sets you straight In a lot, of, uh, in a lot of ways, yeah. Um, no, we couldn't have honestly, like, if we could have painted a picture of someone that we wanted for you. I mean, I think that she has surpassed any sort of expectations we we had. So, mm-hmm. yeah. As of this recording, we're still in the process of trying to buy a house, so that's yeah. kind of a big, big step too. You know, you need to hold on to her like grim death. oh here's actually a good question because i wanted to make sure i didn't you know regret missing out on a good one but um the difference between because every autistic person is obviously different you know like there's not more than one person on the spectrum that's the same um so like there was obviously me and then there was my middle middle brother like would you say that we're kind of like in the on the same level of the spectrum in that high functioning regard or no probably in, in different places on in the spectrum and, mm-hmm. and in different ways uh, mm-hmm. there's some things that he does maybe better I, I don't mean like better <laughs> but like i i think that he's just wired differently mm-hmm. just like you're wired differently and so there are things that come more naturally to him. That's mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say. Things that come more naturally to him than they do for you and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I was actually, I posted an article today, so obviously it will have been out for a little bit while as, um, by the time this comes out. But I did write that uh, when it comes to like hyperfixations, you know, for people on the autism spectrum, that was a huge topic for this first season. It's yeah. probably going to be less so in the second season because I don't want to be hyper fixated on the hyper fixation <laughs> topic. Nice. Um, but like some uh, thing with me is that when it comes to hyper fixations, those typically come in phases, you know, and that doesn't mean I lose interest completely in that thing. It's just that it's kind of more in the back of the mi- back of my mind while something else has taken its place. And then it'll kind of like take turns over time. Whereas uh, I feel like with my brother, he's just had the same, uh, you know, the same hyperfixations for years without really changing, you know? So it's like, I think in the cases of some spectrumites, I think their hyperfixations or their interests are much more set in stone without really changing a whole lot. Yeah, I never feel that he doesn't have any more. But... You'd be surprised, Dad. I talk more about real life now than I did, you know, when when I was younger. Good. Like this year, like a huge topic that I would talk about is stuff like, um, you know, the economy, because that's obviously on a lot of people's minds. So I, you know, it actually compelled me even to look into the early 80s and the inflationary period during mm. that time, too. Like I researched this stuff and... 
watched The Big Short for the third time. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, The Big Short is the movie that uh, KG and I have watched more than once together. <laughs> like, she was the one that showed me that movie first, and then we've watched it twice together since. Okay. And, you know, and every single time I watch that movie, I get something new out of it. And the main character, main character, because he was a real person, yeah. Christian Bale, uh, he's autistic. Mm-hmm. He's on the autism spectrum. Mm-hmm. And Christian does a really, really good job portraying it. I love the way he does it. Yeah, you know? My favorite lines in the movie is when he looks at those guys and says, you know, I don't have a sense of humor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he says it with, with a very straight, straight face. face yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but he was also, I mean, you know, he's gotten certain things wrong, but he's incredibly intelligent. You know, I think the movie did a really good job, um, you know, portraying someone on the spectrum who doesn't get emotions, doesn't get humor, but he's incredibly intelligent and resourceful and he does his research and he's obsessed with this stuff. It was an obsession of his. So it's kind of a lot of the, a lot of the best stuff together in one place and probably one of the only real portrayals of an autistic person I've seen in a film done well to kind of reach the final part of the episode. So when I moved out, were you guys relieved? <laughs> yes. I'm sure. Um, it was, it was, uh, it wasn't so much like, Oh, glad to get rid of him. But I just felt like, you know, you had reached a point where you were really, really desiring a certain level of independence mm-hmm. that you can't have living at home without a driver's license or anything like that. And with that, I think longing for independence also came a certain attitude towards the people in your life mm-hmm. that were, <laughs> you know, here around you. Mm-hmm. And so when you left, I just remember saying to your mom, I just love him so much more now that we have, there's this separation <laughs> now that we're not seeing each other every day. And there's yeah. not that sort of like irritability. Oh, why doesn't he clean up after himself? Oh, why is he just sitting in his room all day and all those things. And, mm-hmm. and so like, I enjoyed you so much more after you moved out mm-hmm. because you had what you wanted. You had your independence mm-hmm. and we, uh, you know, we weren't the, we weren't the symbols of your oppression anymore. <laughs> Well, one of my regrets is that I took uh, is that when I moved back in with you guys, uh, you know, after certain circumstances, um, one of my regrets is that I took too long to get out again. That's one of my regrets. It was like it was three straight years, you know. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And I mentioned this and yeah, I mentioned this in the book that uh, that I'm currently writing. The Pancake King Life and Day on the Autism Spectrum will be out next year. I promise. Um, (laughs) it, that is actually one of, I wrote three goals down for next year and that's one of them. So, um, I do mention this in the book, but you guys did sit me down at one point a couple months before I left. And when I did leave, that was kind of like, I almost forced that in a way by taking on a job that kept me for two weeks and it was a mm-hmm. terrible job, terrible environment. Mm-hmm. That place closed down months after I left. Oh. Um, so like I, I, it was just the weirdest circumstances. Like, okay, I'll go stay in this house with these people and, you know, and work at this job that kept me for two weeks. And then when the job dropped me, 
I just walked into, you know, a temp agency and I got the job that I um that I got then so that I can stay out of your guys's house. That was the point. The the goal after I lost my job, the goal was okay, the goal now is to stay out, you know. <laughs> don't go back in. Um and uh so that's actually one of my regrets is that I took too long. When you guys sat me down a couple months before I left, you know, for the final time, you know, you guys kind of went over um, my finances and the fact that I barely had $500 to my name. Because one of my bad, uh, worst habits was um, I didn't treat my savings account like a savings account. I just pulled money out of it whenever I wanted to mm-hmm. for anything. It didn't matter what it was. Right. You know? I remember. It, yep. I didn't treat it as a savings account. It was basically a backup account, yep. you know. For things There's that nothing I want. in checking, but I want this thing. I have money in <laughs> yeah. savings. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you guys sat me down and you, and you showed me that. I take it that you do not regret that because I bet I, I hold nothing against you guys for that. That was great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. Well, we knew that if you didn't have your financial life in order, you were not going to have the things that you really wanted. Mm-hmm. You were not going to have the life and the freedom that you wanted. That you're just going to, yeah, you'll be frustrated and you'll have a mountain of DVDs, but (laughs) you'll still be in your room. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. Well, and I do, I remember it this way, maybe I'm remembering incorrectly, but when you moved back home, like you moved out and then when you moved back home, I do remember it going a little bit better than Mm -hmm. it was before you moved out the first well, time, at least for a period of time. Yeah, I mean, c- coming out of the basement of the place you were staying, I mean, you could have lived, um, you would have been, I'm sure, much happier here than staying in the basement of the place you were staying. So, mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, so my final question would be, if there was anything that you guys like wish you had done differently, what is that? And this isn't supposed to be like a grilling session, you know, I'm just asking. I regret not learning more about autism um, earlier. I regret not learning a way, a better way to communicate with you. Mm. Um, because I feel like I, I mean, I just feel like we had unnecessary conflict. I, sure. I think I could have done a lot better in my um, understanding of you first of all and then how I communicated with you I just that's one of mine that's a good question probably some of the same because mm-hmm. I know there were just so many times where your mom just had to talk me down off the ledge you know or... I do remember one <laughs> I do remember one night specifically and let me know if you just want me to cut this out. <laughs> but I do remember um, one very frustrating day, you know, like for school, you know, school wise. And I can hear you two talking in the living room about that day. And I'm like, I'm listening in. And I remember just the feeling of horror that shot through me as I heard my dad go, you want me to go in the bedroom and get him? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and, you, and you said, no, don't do that. It was like feeling of horror. (laughs) There were just, there were so many times where I just, I didn't understand. Like, and remember how I said before, it was like, we just didn't know at times we were like, you know, literally I'd say, is he being a jerk or is it the (laughs) autism? You know, like what, what are we seeing here? 
because there were so many times where it was just like, um, gosh, it was like almost triggering. Like he's, <laughs> he's, he's deliberately being disrespectful, uh, ungrateful, just all these things. And your mom would be like, no, I think you're just, you know, this is the autism or whatever. And so it would have helped me a lot to just gain a better understanding. You know, it wasn't like it is now, like back in the day, it's not like I could have opened up Spotify and found a podcast like mm-hmm. you're doing now, you yeah. know, like yeah. that, that wasn't available mm-hmm. at best. You might've found some obscure little Yahoo discussion group, which your mom was on for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, or there was some really academic book yes, that I might've right. been able to bring home. And so that, you know, the, we just didn't have that. We didn't have the support. Mm-hmm. And there was a group that met um, over at um, the Robert. Robert Young Center that we got together with. But it wasn't, that was more of a support group where, you know, parents kind of all sat around and went, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on. I don't know how to, you know. And there wasn't a whole lot of even like information then. Mm-hmm. So. You know, that would have been good. And I think maybe even just being intentional about maybe, you know, walking through things with you, mm-hmm. you know, or just saying, hey, let's let's do a class on budgeting. I know mm-hmm. that I, I gave you that book. I just get so frustrated. I gave you two <laughs> books to read and with a hundred with a 50 question quiz. Mm-hmm. I said, read these two books. I'll give you two dollars for every question you get right on the quiz. and um they were both finance books. And so I, and so you could have made a hundred dollars from reading these books. And I remember giving you $10 or something like that. Yeah. And it was like, I remember failing the quiz so hard. And you're like, I'll go get you your 10 bucks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it's so like maybe even being more intentional instead of going, okay, read these books, come back. Here's a quiz, you know, let's, let's read them together. So Anyway, yeah, sure. I think every parent with every child, whether they're neurotypical mm-hmm. or autistic, would go, yeah, there's several things that we would have went back and done differently. But yeah, kids are like pancakes. The first one never turns out. Pancake king? <laughs> yeah, I get that. <laughs> no, that should have been the final uh, sentence of this whole season. But... Well, and if I would have had DBRI back in the day, mm. well, I would have changed everything. Yeah. DBRI? Yeah. Trust-based relational intervention. That's what we use at camp. Oh, that's right. That's right. If I would have had that, it would have changed everything. Mm -hmm. For me. We had Growing Kids God's Way, which was helpful, but not nothing. I don't think it's it's very helpful. (laughs) I just remember going, it's not working. Because it's not right. (laughs) They know things now that they didn't know when they wrote that book, and that's not a... Yeah, I would recommend it. Mm. Sad. Yes. <laughs> I have other books that are better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. You get better as you get old. Alan, maybe we should have another kid. No. <laughs> <laughs> You're out of your mind. <laughs> well, um, I I can't really think of anything off the top of my head, you know, left to ask you guys. Um again, this wasn't supposed to be a grilling session. I'm not you know, I'm not here to like grill you guys and go, so what do you reg- you have any regrets? You better have regrets. No. I just know that I just know that it's pretty natural for most parents of autistic children to have them. So it just sounded like a natural question to ask. All parents. All yeah. parents. Autistic children or not. I have regrets with your youngest mm-hmm. brother too. So yeah. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's almost never home. Um, 
<laughs> Stuff is laying around all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> he's the new forest. Yeah, he's too what? He's <laughs> Leaving too busy. his stuff around. Oh yeah, he's too busy for even me. You know, I texted him today, and and he's like, "I'll be out of town and buying a new car." I'm like, "Okay." Yeah, he went on a plane today. What? Yeah, he's on a plane right now to Minnesota. So he so he takes planes by himself. He okay. <laughs> wow, it's not yeah. the first plane he's taken by himself. He's taken <laughs> he took before. a plane by himself to, new Mexico. to come to Kirk's funeral. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I should do that. I haven't done that. You but I know I would hate it. I know I would hate, would hate it. it. I would hate it so I don't know. Much. I think you might like it. You're pretty much just trapped in a little thing uh, where you've got nothing to do with yourself but <laughs> no watch Wi-Fi. stuff on your phone. They, a lot of them have Wi-Fi now. Oh, um, that's fun. You can watch stuff on your phone. You could read. I mean, you kind of, that's the only thing snacks. you can do. You can sit and have snacks. All the things you love. <laughs> are on a plane you need to go that get was on the a other plane thing i was gonna mention earlier and you can cut this if you want to but when you were talking about communicating with you and things we learned about communicating with you when you were young um i knew that if i wanted to get you to interact with me all i had to do was bring a snack oh okay interesting <laughs> do you want a snack for us because you'd be in and then we could sit and hang out together. If there was food involved, you were there. I want a snack. Okay. <laughs> I don't want, uh, like, I don't eat as much as I used to. So I was like, I don't, that you doesn't tantalize me as much. It was, it was, I think it was more about the experience for you. You just, you didn't yeah. even care what it was. Like You, you loved just, experiences when you were young. It was, mm-hmm. it, oh, going to a hotel. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I loved going that. To a, you, Still loved that. You, you mm-hmm. loved it. Um, if we went to a restaurant. You know, that was experience. Um, It's actually kind of funny because I feel like, um, you know, like after the pandemic ended and everything reopened, it kind of like rekindled my love to just go anywhere and everywhere and do a whole bunch of different stuff. You know, the blue book. Yeah. uh Just, you know, I love doing that. I've been there in a while. Yeah. I just don't want every day, you know, especially every weekday of my life to just kind of be the same mundane thing over and over again and i think that's actually in a way how i differ from other autistic people is that other autistic people just are okay with the same thing same routine every day you know they don't really care about that me it's like i like that spontane- spon- spontaneity spontaneity yeah spontaneity or however you say it. spontaneity, spontaneity yeah. and adventure and unpredictability like i like that mm-hmm. i like that a lot so all right well thank you guys for uh, being with me in this finale and um Ooh, yeah, this is the finale of uh, of mm. season one of the Pancake King Life and Marriage on the Spectrum. Some sort of cliffhanger. To go no, there, there doesn't need to be one. Maybe <laughs> there doesn't need to be one. <laughs> uh, season two, I'll be back in January. I will um, update uh, update my Substack with the exact um, uh, release date, premiere date, and I'm going to be focusing a lot more on communication, how autistic people and neurotypical people can uh, better communicate with each other and understand each other's language. So thank you guys for listening and I'll see you next year. Well guys, we did it. 20 episodes of The Pancake King, Life and Marriage on the Spectrum under my belt, and so, so many more to come. 2023 is going to be a great year and I wish that for all of us. Living on the autism spectrum can be very challenging, but in these final moments of the season, I want to encourage you to take on this holiday season and the new year with a newfound confidence. You can succeed in life, and you have the talents and the skills to do it. 
Next season, I'm going to delve further into the language of autism, how neurotypical people can better understand it, and how spectrumites can better explain it, so that communication between the two can be more successful. We all want relationships, and autism can feel like an obstacle in the way of that, so I'll be talking about how this doesn't have to be the case. Don't lose your hope that you can thrive in your relationships, your work, and your ambitions. If you're a paid subscriber, you will have access to bonus audio content I'll be releasing throughout December. But otherwise, see you again on January 18th for the premiere of Season 2. Have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Hey guys, if you haven't already, subscribe to this podcast, write a review to help the show grow, and subscribe to my Substack at thepancakeking.substack.com to receive updates on new podcast episodes, a new blog post every Saturday, and other content I may put out. You can also check out the entertainment me, KG, and my friends make together on our YouTube channel, Vanzot Productions. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.